This is instant coffee and it's not satisfying. Ew. Why are you drinking instant? We should be having this conversation on on uh on air. That's this what is, I think. This is on air. It's air adjacent. We're off air. We're literally in Schrodinger's air right now. Some of this is in the show and some of it's not. <laughs> okay, well the point is I'm drinking instant coffee and it's not satisfying. You know what's nice about water? All water is instant water. That's what I love about water. Not necessarily. Not if you're out in the bush and you need to be using chlorine tabs. That's not instant water. I was going to say, is it chlorine or iodine? I always thought it was iodine. No, iodine is for... Thyroid? If there's been a nuclear strike. Yeah, it's like radiation protection. <laughs> you need to protect your thyroid from radioactive iodine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Similar idea, though. <laughs> I also... I, from working here, I've become increasingly more conscious of my accent. And so, I'm glad that we can be having this scientific conversation. No, no, bud. That's for right. That's for when there's a nuclear strike, right? <laughs> this is an Ontario accent sure that you have. Take your iodine tap. This is the rural Ontario yeah. accent. <laughs> have I ever told you guys about the time I had a conversation in what I can only assume is bare language? No. No. Okay. So I'm at this cottage because it's what you do in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So we're at this cottage and I get up and the father of the person we're there with is at the table and he's talking with the guy who um, he pays to plow out his driveway in the winter because otherwise you're just not getting into the driveway when you come to the cottage. And the father grew up in that area. It's around, it's in the Bancroft area. Shout out to my accent. It's not Bancroft, it's Bancroft. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're sitting there and they're having this conversation and the father is like, oh yeah, yeah, oh wow, that's interesting. But the guy's accent is so thick, I literally cannot understand it. Like to me, it sounds like, Ford truck spark plugs wife timeshare so like the words that pop out like when you're listening to any other language yeah are the words that aren't native to that language so like Ford truck spark plugs wife I was surprised about timeshare like those are just words that they didn't have natively in bear. They had to just adopt the English, right? You know, timeshare for truck spark plugs. And so I'm sitting there with a coffee, kind of like marveling that this is a conversation that's happening because apparently the father speaks bear. And my friend walks out and she says that, you know, the first thing she sees is the two of them having a conversation and me just like, <laughs> like hand on my head, looking really incredulously towards what's happening across the table from me. Uh, Nick, I love your stories because they are so rural Ontario. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody else has had that experience. I like I, you disbelieve that you saw that conversation. I disbelieve that this entire situation took place. 
Oh, I, there were witnesses. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I believe it, but like I'm incredulous. <laughs> it's accents, man. They're fascinating. Yeah. Or should, I mean, if I'm here, I might say, I know. Hey, thank you. What? Who says that? Everyone in Alberta. You all say that. No, we do not. I get teased Every endlessly. last one of you. No. People who move from Toronto here say hey. It's it's Toronto. <laughs> there is actually like the O. I think like it was Toronto in the nineties, but <laughs> Toronto. I don't know. Everyone I everyone I talk to is going to Toronto. Cause you, you got people say, Man, it's it's really cold in Calgary, hey? So, uh, Mike, just to be no. clear, uh, Nick and I are the only ones who've actually lived in both places, and I get made fun of endlessly for saying hey instead of a. Yeah, like, the first time that I heard it, I was in a shop or some such, and I was going through things, and I said, oh, crazy weather we're having, and the lady goes, I know, hey, and I actually stood up and looked around, because I thought she was, <laughs> like, telling, hey, what are you doing? I was like, and I just kind of looked at her, what? She's like... What? I didn't say anything. So I've lived here my whole life, and I and so you do don't not, hear. Yeah, it. you're not aware of not, it. But no, it's I don't definitely, say it. You do. I definitely say don't it. say it. No, I do not. Sh- shout out to the rest of the Alberta podcast network. Agreed. <laughs> Trust and me. Like anyone who might be listening. Trust me, I do not say hey. You do not say a. No, I, I, I always say a. That's you don't. That's what I, people I say. I guarantee you don't say it. You say Kay. hey. I promise. Next time I next time I say hey in that context of a declaration of whatever Canadianist, the Canadianist. <laughs> it's it's like where I think Californians would say huh like I know huh we would say I know a eh? yeah and you would say I know hey I do not say hey I can guarantee that I do not there's so many of you that do if you do not Mike, that's fine do. I promise I may or may not that may or may not be true but I don't I do not say hey that just sounds stupid. That's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to push us into follow up here because this could go on forever. Yeah, we could just argue forever on Mike. Uh, the first point. With Mike on Mike. Yes. The, the first point of follow up here, I just need to say it because I always need to say it. Uh, SpaceX launched another rocket and landed successfully. This one was the first time they reused a rocket to launch uh, stuff to the ISS. And... They did it. And actually, I was watching Twitter this morning and they, the uh, Dragon capsule docked to the ISS this morning. So that's it. SpaceX is doing good stuff. That's um, <laughs> actually a, a handy transition because it's mostly Elon Musk doing good stuff. Do you want to tell us about uh, what he's been doing recently but on the ground? Nick? Before we move on from mm. that, mm. Uh, we don't have it in the notes, but I just remembered as you were talking about that, that I guess... Boeing did some sort of like declaration of space race. Oh, they did. Or yeah. Something or other. Yeah. It's, it's hard when you have the show every month because then stuff happens and you forget about it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess the CEO, I want to say president, whatever of Boeing was like, we're going to beat Mar- Elon to Mars. Yeah. And then Mars was like, do it. <laughs> yeah. Or no. Musk, yeah, yeah. Elon Musk. Is this happening Mars concurrently is- with, with Boeing suing Canada? <laughs> Yes. Is Boeing suing is Boeing suing Canada? Well, they're they're involved in a trade dispute. Mm. With it, Bombardier? Bombardier, yeah. What did I say? 
I didn't actually hear the end of what you said. <laughs> you both said Bombardier. I just <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure that I had said Bombardier. Actually, didn't say Bombardier. <laughs> Mike said Bombardier, and Nick said Bombardier. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't. I don't think this is like another <laughs> <laughs> another regional thing. I d- I don't know what the last thing you said that was just like uh, this isn't another archipelago. <laughs> uh okay so yes i mike i do remember reading that that um that basically boeing tried to challenge elon to a a mars race and elon basically Mm -hmm. said like let's do it which it which is exciting to have two especially two private companies being able to kind of vie for this we'll make it happen a lot faster than if it's just elon and like jeff bezos and blue origin doing their little like (coughs) pop-up drop tests Good, good know, for them, like, though. I I just feel... I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I still feel like Elon's got it. And I also yeah. kind of wish that Elon had said, come at me, bro. Because that just seems like an Elon Musk thing to say in that situation. Come at me, Bo. Oh. <laughs> come at me, Bo. That would be better. Yeah. Yeah, I see you there. Your second-rate... Or non-existent <laughs> space program C series equivalent. <laughs> what are you passenger. saying, <laughs> guys? Nick is rambling. I'm trying again. to call out the trade dispute. <laughs> I realize I'm actually pretty foggy on the details. <laughs> I think it's the C series. Yeah, it's the C series, and they don't have like that intermediate passenger jet size at Boeing, but they're still going through the dispute. It, is that the um? Is that Nick? Do you watch Wendover Productions on YouTube? No. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Because uh, I they recently he recently put out a video. He loves talking about planes. Um, and he recently put out a video about some kind of dispute. Like he always he loves talking about different sizes of planes. And I think this might be the topic of that video. So it might help clarify some things. But it might also be just a different video. So I'm not going to hang my hat I, on I that. I hope that I hope that I could bring that clarity to you. Yeah, once you, like, because I know you are interested in that kind of stuff, I think you will follow this channel once you find out it exists. Because I just recently It's more did. politics that I'm interested in. It's not the planes themselves. No, but it, he does talk about the politics, though. Like, he gets into Ooh. a little bit of technical details about the planes, but he's mostly talking about what's what the story is. Like, the politics of I, planing. I do like politics. Do you want to tell us about um, about what Elon's doing on the ground, though, now that... There's no good transition from it. <laughs> Your follow-up story. Are you talking to me? Yes. What is my story? <laughs> don't we to do this? That? Nick, I told you before the show I put your stories in here. Or did you forget I already? I don't know which stories you put in there. <sighs> We're in follow-up, oh! Nick. Follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> I before before you get to that, I just want to say this I found the video, so I'll put a link to it in the notes. Um, but it's called the little plane war and the thumbnail is literally a picture of a plane with the words Bombardier versus Boeing. So I'm pretty sure this is what you're talking okay. about. I'm glad we could bring that clarity to mm-hmm. you. So this isn't actually Elon Musk doing anything. This is just, well, yeah, okay. It is. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch has ordered 40 of the new Tesla ground transportation trucks. 
And that's basically the story. There's like, I think they're paying a little extra for the Founders series of trucks. And everyone's going for the bigger battery, I guess, so that they have more battery life, longer range. Yes. Oh my God, this coffee is not doing its job this morning. I'm so sorry to everybody. Yeah, so new trucks are coming online, new trucks are coming out, and the the large beer producers are all in. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, beer driving the future of Western civilization. <laughs> The thing that I like about this is Anheuser-Busch, also known as the Brewers of Budweiser, they uh, are better known as, maybe not also known as, but uh, they come out on top of this looking like the good guys of, wow, they're so ecologically conscious, so so environmentally forward-thinking. I totally forget about how terrible <laughs> that beer is. <laughs> Aside from that... The main aspect is the fuel savings because they ship a lot of beer back and forth across the country and the world. So I guess there was a quote from or a statement by Tesla saying that most truck operators should be able to save enough money on fuel to make up the entire purchase price. So full $200,000 in just two years, which Which is is, pretty crazy. That's impressive. That's impressive. And I know what last time we've talked about the electric cars and how usually like a consumer isn't going to make back their Mm -hmm. cost of the vehicle and fuel savings. But with these, because like they just use it so much, there's just so much fuel used with these vehicles that it is possible, I guess, to make back your money, Mm -hmm. which is insane. So I don't actually remember when I saw this, but at one point there was a picture on Reddit of someone's income tax and they were a truck driver, like a self-operating truck driver. They got paid like half a million dollars a year, (laughs) but most like the, the lion's share of that went to fuel. It was incredible. Like I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Hmm. So because all I do is watch YouTube these days, I have another, <laughs> I have another YouTube clip. This is a uh, another good channel that I just recently started watching called Real Engineering, and he put up a video two days ago about called the truth about the semi the Tesla semi truck, and apparently, like similar to to your trucking stats, there's a there's a trucking stat mentioned in this video that driving trucks across the U.S. accounts for twenty percent of their greenhouse gas emissions and so first of all that's crazy um but apparently there's a maximum weight that a truck can have in order to be street legal like maximum total weight and so the trade-off between the smaller two the smaller truck and the bigger truck or the smaller and bigger battery capacity is it reduces if you have a bigger battery capacity it redu- it increases your range but it reduces the amount of stuff like payload you can actually have oh so that would be the trade-off that they're they're making when they order the bigger batteries. It mm. means you have more range, less payload. Right. So if your trucks are leaving half full anyways, because you want to do it more often, then it makes sense to go for the bigger range. Whereas if you're going for like long haul, maximum capacity trucks, then you'd go for the smaller battery. Must suck to be engineers. It's always a trade-off. <laughs> no, you can't have it all. Yeah. 
At least the math is pretty straightforward, though. Sure. Compared to other disciplines, right. engineering has the math like, pretty easy. It's, it's a very, yeah, it's a very, be, well, not engineering in general, just this type thing where <laughs> fuel economy versus payload, like it's value of your payload versus cost of shipping. Right. And you find the peak of that, mm-hmm. I guess, differential equation. Yep. I actually really like differential equations, and I'm sad I didn't go further with it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm sad That's you didn't. All I have to say. Let's all become engineers. <laughs> I I don't want to become an engineer. Um, I just I just have to note. I looked up. I went and looked up because I was That's curious. Right. Sorry. The, uh, Rob already has his cushy government job. <laughs> he doesn't need he doesn't need that extra. The uh, the XKCD comic on purity of fields, I feel, also kind of relates to the <laughs> the complexity of mathematics you have to do. And I just want to say that engineering is not even on the purity chart. So the mathematics can't be that complicated. It's true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's all I had Based to say Based on about this that. cartoon I once read. <laughs> we can't go at one episode without having an XKCD comic in the notes. It's a contractual obligation. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, mm-hmm. I I have to bring this up now as our last piece of follow up, because you've been you've been blocking me from talking about it for like six weeks now, at <laughs> least. Uh, I wanted to give a brief. Actually, I wanted to get all of our brief Soylent updates now that it's not available in Canada, um, because I know Mike, you have a story that you can at least give like a 30 second update on. And Nick, I'm, I'm assuming you're still, you still have powder, but you're not having it. Cause you can't now. We'll talk when we get to my update. Okay. Uh, so my update is I'm very, very sad because uh, now I have to be a lot more, like I have to put a lot more thought into food. It's like, it's like if you wore a uniform to work every day and then suddenly they're like, you don't have to wear a uniform anymore. I'd be like, but, but it was so easy. I just grab it and go. On that note, yeah. if you don't have a uniform for work, just wear a suit. That's true. Just wear the suit. But I, my, It's a truth you can't refute. <laughs> Nothing suits you like a suit. My work uniform is jeans and a button-up shirt. So, like, whatever button-up shirt. Um, I just want to say... So, for me, for Soylent, I have one bottle left at home in case of emergency and one bottle left at work in case of emergency. And that's it. I'm basically saving them for a point when I really need it because I'm very sad. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, what what did you end up doing with your Soylent? Well, before you move on, what's your plan once you run out? My, I don't have What am I supposed to do? I don't want to go find another weird powdery replacement. There are various DIY I I don't want to DMY. Wait. DIY. D-I-M. Do it, oh, do it myself. Great. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I would, just not, but I don't yeah. want to. More coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't so, have a plan. My current status is I have, I think, maybe like two bottles left of original. Mm-hmm. My, last, my last box that arrived. And I have one box of powder left that I am selling on Friday because I don't like the powder. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm kind of at the same point where I don't know what I'll be doing. So 
I mean, it was good while it lasted, I guess. I hope it'll be back. Yeah. Like, I don't want to start drinking Boost. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. It's <laughs> vile. Like, why would you do such a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Like, so it was just perfect. And then the food and drug, I guess not the FDA. What is it here? Uh, CFIA, Canada yeah. Food Inspection Agency. They just, uh, they're just being jerks, basically. Basically. Oh, man. <laughs> do we want to do ISO Corner? Because I also have beef with the CFIA. <laughs> I'm curious. Like they're causing me a lot of problems at work right now. Okay. Not a lot of problems. It's just a pain in the ass. Well, give us your Solon update first. Today's episode is brought to you in part by ATB Financial. In today's episode, we talked about data plans offered by carriers. One of the ways in which we use data is through instant messaging. And ATB is taking steps to incorporate their banking services into instant messaging platforms, such as Facebook Messenger. Uh, we've talked in past shows about how Facebook Messenger is allowing for companies and just individuals in general to implement uh, bots and artificial intelligence for interacting with users. And ATB is using that to their advantage to allow people to interact with their uh, accounts that they have with them to get information such as account balances and uh, past activity and whatnot through various authentication methods that they've incorporated into the platform. And I think this is a really good step to make banking just all that more convenient because I know for myself, I'm in Facebook Messenger multiple times a day. And if I'm able to kind of do some of my banking through the app that I'm already in, it just saves that extra step of having to switch apps and extra logins and all that additional kind of hassle versus just, you know, if I want to check my balance or just see if that transaction went through, then I can just do that through the app that I'm already in. Hmm. I got to say, I, I like dealing with people some days. It's just horrible. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to do it. And so honestly, ordering pizza is great for days like that because <laughs> you go online, you, you type something, a bot recognizes it, and then you get a tracker to tell you when your pizza is coming. So for me, that's when I need to put pants on, <laughs> but ATB is bringing that level of convenience to banking, which is just tremendous. You just type in your question, you get an answer, it's all done. No people, no extra awfulness to deal with. Yeah. It's just done. Right. I think that's kind of the the holy grail of AI right now is being able to just ask something and you get the answer you're looking for. You don't have to ask it in a certain way or use the right ter- terms or phrases or the right formatting. It's just you know, what's my current, what's my account balance? Or, you know, did my did my last transaction go through? Or what was the amount of my last transaction? That kind of stuff. And if uh, <laughs> if this type of technology can get us to that point where you just type that into the the bot, then then I think they're on the right path for sure. Yeah. We have such grand ambitions for AI, <laughs> but it turns out we just want to do banking and order pizza. And that's basically it. The thing that I really love about the system that you can see, if you go, I'll, we'll have a link uh, to the ATB Alpha Beta page, uh, is that it gives you, like it would with a phone menu, it gives you a list of things that you can potentially ask with the push of a button. Like if you want to pay a bill or transfer money or check your balances and you just scroll through, you don't have to wait for, like if you do call in, you don't have to talk to a person necessarily, but if you use this, you don't have to wait for all the options to get read out. You can just kind of swipe through and pick the one you want. And then once you pick that, it'll give you another list of options and give you all the things you can do without having to navigate a bunch of different websites. 
So you can find more about this uh, this technology as well as many other ATB financial initiatives at atbalphabeta.com and uh, check them out and see what ATP can offer. So my Soylent update, um, I haven't had it in a long while, although I think I might have figured out the ingredient that was causing me a problem, and I think it's soy lecithin. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't know if it's particularly soy lecithin or lecithin in general, but I was going to say long-time listeners, but I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the show, whereas... One of Rob's weaknesses is crackers, and I share that weakness. That weakness, crackers are delicious. Um, one of my weaknesses is O. Henry. I also love O. Henry's. It's like too much. Continuing on the on the accent and rural <laughs> nature of my speech, O. Henry just has a real nice chaw to mm. it. Real nice, real satisfying chaw. Is that like mouthfeel? <laughs> no. feels good in the mouth <laughs> mouthfeel is how it feels in the mouth and a chaw is how it feels to chew oh it's so similar city slicker <laughs> so I had I got two O'Henry's for some outrageously low price because they were sitting by the till and I have no impulse control mm. and after eating one I waited like 20 minutes later I was having a little more trouble breathing and I went oh my god I remember this feeling this is the Soylent feeling <laughs> and so I I rushed to grab the box of Soylent we still have and read off the ingredients and then compare it to the ingredients on the uh, on the chocolate bar wrapping yep. and the one commonality that jumped out at me was soy lecithin because I don't think glucose fructose is the problem. <laughs> I was going to say. otherwise, I sure can't it wasn't eat basically the, anything. It's like, are you sure it wasn't the water in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like lecithin's a thickener. Yeah. And it always felt like my throat was extra like constricted or gunky. So mm. if there was a thickener in there, like maybe that, or I think that's what lecithin is. I mm. could be completely wrong. But anyway, I think that might be my problem. I was going to say. Lecithin. Less than's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. From what I've ingredients I've read. So that that's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Is that a, th- is that keep a an eye out. thing to have a sensitivity to less than? Still not idea. sure. Yeah. But it I don't know. We'll figure it out hmm. over the long term. <laughs> but anyway. Um breakfast for me is peanut butter on toast feel like some neanderthal <laughs> sometimes i have hummus if i want to go to flavor town but it's just not as filling because as soylent drinkers will know high high fat uh high fat things are very sating yeah that's been my biggest and i mean hummus has a lot of fat in it too right. but not as much as peanut butter i guess that's been my biggest difference that i've noticed between having soylent and having like other food is that the the amount I eat doesn't fill me up as much if it's not soylent. Yeah. Although people tell me I've lost weight, so maybe that's it's probably not causally linked. Yeah. I'm just sad. Me too. So my other <sighs> my other update in future of food, our future of food segment, as Mike so aptly called it, 
is uh, I started, well, now it's been a while. Now it's been probably about a month and a half, two months. Uh, I started ordering a subscription meal delivery service. So the, one of the things will send you the ingredients and you cook whatever, like they give you a recipe and the right portion sizes and all that. Uh, the one that we got is called Chef's Plate. And this is not an ad for that service. Although I have found it a reason to actually kind of cook and stuff and spend time with Julia where otherwise in the evening we might like just sit on the couch watching TV. This kind of forces you to be together and work as a team and talk. And it's just like, it's more, it's not like my favorite thing in the world. Like I don't, I can cook, but I don't love it. It's not that I like talking or interacting with Julia. It's just, you know, I feel like I have to at some point. No, it's a, it's a nice benefit of that um, because it gives us some, like a common goal to achieve together. And I, th- I feel like it's a, if the goal of food. <laughs> so uh, just before, before you continue, Rob, mm, mm. cooking together has not been successful for Maria and myself because okay. I always feel that she's doing things wrong and I want to like help her and show her the right way to do things. Right. Are you mansplaining to her how to cook? (laughs) I'm showing, I I want to show her the way I would do it, but she doesn't appreciate that. Mm. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like my only, uh, my only thing, like I think Kai and I can cook together. We have in the past. The only problem is if I'm the one that's cooking, I need everyone else to get out of the kitchen. Okay. How is, the, how like is that pe- any different than what I said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, because like you're helping or you're, tr- you're at least trying to help. But like if, if I'm in the kitchen, especially if I'm making breakfast where timing is really important because you want to have the potatoes ready at around the same time as the eggs are ready mm-hmm. at around the same time as the yeah. bacon is ready. And so that it's it's heavily timing dependent. So, but that's what like I mean. You end up running around a lot, and so if you're not actively helping, get the hell out of my way. Get the hell out of my kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. When we're cooking together, like Maria will put something on. I'm like, why are you cooking that already? And it's like, whatever. I'm like, well, it needs to be right at this time. And it's like, why is that? <laughs> that's not why helping. Is the, that's criticizing. Why is the pan that hot? Is not supposed to be that hot. <laughs> and yeah it just downhill from there yeah i bet it is (laughs) i'm not at all surprised (laughs) the one uh so so in addition to the societal and general communication kind of boost that this has given me i have found it like it is the cooking equivalent of soylent in that it doesn't just give you nutrients that you open a bottle and drink but it does give you exactly what you need to kind of have a healthy dinner three times a week and i do kind of appreciate like like having a work uniform like you don't have to think about what you are making that day you just like open the bag take out the ingredients and then start following the instructions that I don't know. I, I definitely recommend people try it from whatever service you can, but it is, it feels more expensive than buying groceries, even if it probably isn't overall. Like the one we have probably costs about $11 a plate, but you get, 
I guess actually it's not eleven dollars. It's cheaper plate. than eating out, but it's not cheaper than groceries. Right. It's it's more diverse than groceries, and it in a way like it's a lot because you get you end up getting like we've had meals that have Brussels sprouts in them like four times where and they were they're actually it was actually pretty good like I enjoyed eating food that I otherwise wouldn't have bought at the grocery store and like it's 10 or it's $11 a plate because it's the the meals are built to serve two and so at that at at two plates it's $11 but if we plate the meals in half it's way too much food for either of us so we get we usually get three like Julia's lunch also comes out of it. Mm. So it's really more like $4 a plate. Wait, what? That's eight. not right. That's not right. $8. $8 uh, a plate. <laughs> sorry. I split it in. Yeah. Two plates, two plates at $22, but it stretches. No, no, no. It's more like $8. Sorry. That's what I just said. Yeah. No, I, I, I doubled, I doubled down on my double, uh, my division. <laughs> yeah. What I'm hearing is that I need to come over because I genuinely need and want to practice this. I just can't eat it all the time. Right. I need to come over and practice my spaghetti carbonara for you. I wouldn't mind and that. And oh, it's so good. <laughs> the chief ingredient is pork fat. <laughs> it's it's so so good. Yeah, no, it it'll come in at much less than $22 a package. Well, I know there, I'm not saying like, it's not, it's definitely not the cheapest thing, but you also like that includes delivery. That includes like, it just shows that up at your door. includes Nick showing up and having a delightful chat with you while you give him a beer, while he makes your dinner. Oh, I would love to have you here. Like it's, I would love to come if there. If you are, if you become my delivery person, you can just, we can just do that. <laughs> Solid. Uh, <laughs> the, I'll just give up on all my other career ambitions. <laughs> I'm a private chef. No, I basically work for room and board. <laughs> so, Rob, how long does it take you guys to prepare these meals? It's, I would say, a half hour. Uh, like, it, it's written 30 minutes on most of them. Some of them are, like, 25 minutes. But, yeah, it's a half, within a half hour, they're done. Interesting. Um, it, uh, one of the best things about this service for me is that the meat that they send you is really good quality. Like, we are now, like, when we're, we're now making like a, a roasted or baked or whatever steak a lot more than we like i've never cooked a steak that way before i've never actually cooked a steak in my life like on a barbecue or anything but mm -hmm. just like searing a piece of meat and then putting it in the oven with some potatoes and brussels sprouts that was one of the meals this past week like i would never have cooked anything like that in my life but when they just when they give it to you in a bag it makes it quite a bit easier to just go and follow the instructions and do it do they have a sponsorship program? They have a like an affiliate program. So if Ooh. if I have a link that I can give, and if you sign up with it, I get a couple of meals free, and you get fifty percent off your first order. But what? Well, you get fifty percent off your first order, anyways. But this is not an literally ad. feed Rob. This is not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'll say is, this is literally not a sponsorship. But if you are curious and want to help me eat. And then getting in touch with me, but I'm not going to put the link in because honestly, like, I don't want this to be an ad. <laughs> I, I like the food, but I like food. Like, that's the thing with Soylent. Like, we could tie this all up. I like Soylent. I like the convenience of it, but I also really like food. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny, but it's true. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we saved it, guys.
<laughs> Wait, how did we not? How would we have not saved it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy, happy you're happy, Rob. I'm very happy. Let's all be happy together. You know what would make me even happier, Mike, is if you would move us out of follow-up and into the, the <sighs> deals that have been going on this week with data plans. Yeah, this is a weird thing. It kind of came out of nowhere. I just started seeing people posting about it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I guess people were talking about how such and such a carrier, uh, cell phone carrier here in Canada, was offering 10 gigabytes for 60 bucks. And then before you know what, every carrier was offering this like exact <laughs> yeah. same deal like at the same time. Yep. And it was actually at the mall yesterday. And a handful of the booths had that same deal saying, oh, this weekend only, whatever. Yep. And every so often, this kind of thing kind of comes up. Usually, it's one of the carriers saying, hey, if you switch to us, we'll give you this sweet deal. Mm -hmm. I, either like a free phone or whatever rate on their data plan or something. Yep. And a lot of the other carriers will respond, so to speak, to that yep. that offer. So that's what happened this past weekend. And like 10 gigabytes for 60 bucks is pretty good, especially compared to what's available right now. And... My concern, I guess, is that when you, whenever you sign for any plan, and I don't know the details of how, like what restrictions there are on the carrier changing the rates yeah, or whatnot, but it's like they'll offer you this plan, but they could just change it or take it away or whatever at any point, basically. I don't think so. Well. You're signing a two-year deal. Well, that's why I don't know because like with cable or internet, like the ISPs are able to say, hey, we're increasing your rate by five bucks. We're adding whatever fee or that kind of thing. And I feel like carriers can do the same. But mm -hmm. I don't I don't know the specifics of the contract. Like say if someone switched to this plan, are they locked into that rate for that period of time? Right. Or can it change or whatever? And I guess the other part is after that plan is up, like after that two years, can they then take it away? or change the rate at that point like it just feels very non-permanent with with this particular plan i think some of the carriers have said you do get to keep it past the two years and other ones have said five there's a five gigabyte bonus for the first 24 months and then you go down drop down to five gigabytes so i think it kind of depends what your carrier is but i know typically you can negotiate things like this where they'll just like at the end of the two years they'll be like oh do you want to change your contract, we had a new phone and you, you can be like, no, and I'm going to leave you and go to another carrier. If you don't keep the 10 gigabytes going, they'll probably just extend you. I have heard of them like deprecating plans though. Just carriers in general, they'll say we're no longer offering this plan, switch to a current plan or forever hold your peace and get out of here. But I think they can, they can only actually do that if you like to, they can entice you with it, signing up for a new plan. Like they'll say you can't get any discount on a phone unless you sign up for a new plan, but they can't like, if they could, they, I feel like they would have with you and I, but we're on a different band though, or at least I am, you should be, but <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like I'm I mean. not on, I'm not on the LTE band right now. So as far as they're concerned, like I'm not taking up any of their high demand bandwidth. I guess so, so. they'll just keep me on it. For you, I guess you've just flown under the radar enough I that guess. you haven't been switched over. Yeah. But I think in theory we're supposed to be on that lower lower band with lower speed band. 
maybe so, but yeah so we're kind of out of the main flow of traffic so that like they're just collecting our 50 bucks a month mm-hmm. right maybe yeah i don't really know that much about the the like yeah network details of this the isp details obviously because don't work for them but well not isp but carrier they're internet service providers well just mobile not really that's not how that works but uh, like i've I've actually heard a lot of people making these switches to other carriers yeah um some have done like their loyalty route and called their carrier and said can you match this offer Mm kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like it's it's good it's good for competition it's just i'm still clinging to my grandfather plan with yeah my alive warm fingers right the other thing to note with this plan at least on Fido, I'm sure it's with other carriers as well, is that it's only if you bring your own device. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard that detail. <clears> so if you, things, yeah. if you want to get the plan and you don't already have a phone with a plan paid off, with a phone, like with a plan paid off, then you'll have to pay full price for whatever phone you get with it. Right. And it means that like it doesn't make financial sense for customers who are already on a plan to sign up for it. It's trying to get unless people on older plans to sign up. Yeah, unless you're paying like a hundred bucks a month right now, which some people. Yeah, do, maybe, but it's still a pretty hard sell. <laughs> yeah, like you, you'd have to definitely crunch the numbers a bit to see if it makes it worth it yeah. for you to do it. Yeah. I am curious if it, if it's possible. Like Julia has on her new phone that she got a month ago, she now has like a three hundred eighty-five dollar, um, like buyout amount. So I think it might be possible to buy her out of that and then sign her up for this plan. But I don't actually know how that works. I should probably check it out because right. I think the deals expire on the 19th, the the 10 gig ones. But uh, yeah, so like I said, like keeping that in mind, it does expire on the 19th. So if you're curious about these phone plans and uh, want 10 gigabytes, which I must vouch for is great having like a much higher data limit. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. And I think this is at least for Alberta. I'm not sure about other provinces. Like where else they're offering mm-hmm. these rates? BC, Alberta, and Ontario. Okay. Because Saskatchewan, yeah. yeah, Saskatchewan and Quebec. Are Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Quebec deal. already have. Competitive that. plans, yeah. Yeah. What we call the populous provinces. <laughs> <laughs> The the thing that I think gets me the most is that you can get a plan, like a <clears throat> a plan with unlimited calling, for instance, unlimited talk and text with no data for $40 for, with bring your own phone. Like that's, I'm, I'm on Fado's website right now and they offer unlimited talk and text, 40 bucks a month. And that would suggest that the, the connection to the network is $40 per month because that's what they're charging you. Which means that this plan, 60 bucks a month for five, for 10 gigabytes, is an extra $20 for 10 gigabytes. And I would lo- like I would pay an additional $20 for 10 gigabytes over and over and over and over again, but that's not available even though it doesn't really make reasonable sense why it shouldn't be. Google if you're listening, please come to Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's the idea of of Project Fi. And sugar mobile before they got <laughs> run yes. off, run out of the country. 
<laughs> and wind mobile. Yeah. And public before well, they got out. Yeah. No, sh- sh- and like literally every other player that's ever come to Canada. So wind got bought. So yeah. You can't really that's freedom. They, freedom. they still have those kind of deals. Yeah. But sugar, sugar was the one that was essentially trying to do what Google Fi is doing. Yep. Kind oh, of. Okay. Where it's like paper megabyte type <clears throat> model, but they just piggybacked on the existing infrastructure and the other carriers didn't like that. Yep. So. I bet they didn't. <laughs> Who are these people making money? This should be our money. Why aren't we making that money? Yeah, I, I do find it curious. I think Public Mobile uh, also got bought by Bell. Sounds I like thought it. Public was Rogers. but Oh, it maybe. Doesn't actually matter. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, yeah, so... It depends on what color your favorite color is. And that's basically... Yeah, pretty much. I do like find dogs. it curious. We we often talk on this show in in the past years. We've often talked about oh, like the one carrier has planned a five dollar per month rate hike for all of their customers, and then simultaneously all the other carriers like also hike their rates by five dollars a month. We don't often hear about like a major drop or like substantial better plan like this. But it is still someone hasn't read the relevant game theory as it applies to oligopolies. <laughs> no, but it's still this is still collusion. Like this is still all the carriers doing the exact same thing in the same time period. It's, I mean, that sounds more like competition than collusion. I was going to say that's what competition is. That's what the market yeah. is supposed to do is respond to changing. This is prices. actually like this is the first time in living memory. That I can recall the market actually doing what a competitive market is supposed to do as it applies to Canadian telecoms. I'm not sure this is competition, though, because this is going to go away and everyone's going to be back to the same. Like, it's not competition to say to like see a competitor drop their prices and then drop your price to the exact same price with the exact same plan. Like, that's not competition. That's just a time thing to juice the market. That sounds a lot like competition. Rob, that is competition. What would competition be? Like, here's a plan that's better. Competition is like, I get to keep my old plan, but also get talk and text for like 10 bucks a month. That's not. That's what competition is, guys. Come on. That's not what I'm saying. They have it in Europe. Rob, at that point, it's just like a race to the bottom. Like, you don't, the competition is where the price of things adjusts to what the market motivates Uh, it to be. I guess what I'm saying is. If we saw one carrier come out with a plan like this that was quite a bit better than other carriers, and then we saw the carriers one by one kind of follow suit and like drop their plans, but that's not what this is. This is like a one weekend blitz right. where all the carriers, like one carrier did it first, and then all the other carriers immediately matched it, like immediately within like a day or two, yeah. and then all said it's going to expire after this weekend. No, I, I agree that this is a non-ideal offer because, like you said, it, it expires. And I I still don't think the plan itself is, like, sustainable. Like you, like you said, some carriers are saying only five yeah. carries through only. I think I saw one that was, like, seven plus three instead of five plus five. But right. either way, they're kind of not going all in on the on 10 better plans type yeah. thing. And, yeah, it's only for a limited time, which is kind of mm-hmm. silly. 
But what we're trying to say here is that we're officially launching nonprofit mobile. <laughs> it's the cell phone carrier that uh, does not make a profit. We will offer everything at cost after we three are paid. This, and also we have server space for future chat. This is not at cost. I, I guarantee you they're still making money on this plan. <laughs> no, 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 no. But if you launched nonprofit mobile, you would destroy the competition, Rob. You would absolutely eviscerate it. Because they still want to make a profit. Yes, I agree. That's competition, Rob. Go for it. That would Compete. be a type of competition. That would be I don't think it's a good type. For consumers. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, People wind, are still making money. Wind was still making money because they got, they got bought. And this is your opportunity to destroy them. I'm not sure what your argument is because it doesn't seem like you're arguing that the telecoms are doing a good thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you a little bit of ridiculous. I, I don't want $10 a month plans. Like I'd think that's... No, no. Okay. That's like not a good... That's not a literal example. Yeah. My criticism of your criticism is that I think you have unrealistic expectations of what competition looks like. Well, okay, maybe. This is competition-ish, but it's not... Like, it's competition for one weekend. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it starts. I hope. Maybe maybe someone gets ambitious and says, you know, maybe if we drop a little more, we'll steal more of that market share. Mm -hmm. And then someone else does it, and then someone else, and then suddenly we actually have the competition we deserve as consumers. Right. The way I see it right now, we're in the land that we were with broadband internet like five or six, seven years ago, where people are offering, they're, they're starting to offer more and more data, but it's still really expensive. And I think we are going to start seeing unlimited data plans come around again, or at least a lot higher data caps from some, it might be at like a smaller company. It might not be one of the big three right away, but I do think we're going to start seeing that. Like these deals are, are getting to that point. Yeah, like I think for most people, say ninety percent of people, ten gigabytes is effectively unlimited. Is, yeah, it is effectively right? like it's it's an order of magnitude more than some yeah. people are going to use. Yeah, and and that other ten percent, they shouldn't be penalized for using yeah. that much. Yeah, because on average, it still works out. Yeah, right. Like most people aren't abusing it. Right. Right. We're not doing like hundreds of gigabytes mm-hmm. every month. So I'm sure some people are, but. Yeah. I think as long as you're just using it for regular stuff and not abusing it, then you should be allowed to do it Yeah, for, I, for a reasonable price. What I want is the tech savvy of mobile companies, like a company where I can go and sign up for a 50 gigabyte plan for like 75 or a hundred dollars a month. Like I would pay my, I'm, I'm willing to pay for more data. I'm just not willing to pay like $250 a month for 30 gigs, which is one at one point was Roger's highest data plan like that's too, you, that's ridiculous you're saying if you didn't have the plan you have now you right. do that yeah like you wouldn't switch to that plan i would switch to that plan have... to get the other benefits of having a modern phone plan like what what other benefits are you missing right now i don't know i don't i'm saying in theory i'm not like i'm not looking you're, to no move. you're not making any sense like you, you have all the benefits of a modern phone plan i, I don't because i don't have lte speeds so i actually would have a reason right to switch right that's that's the only thing that someone would be missing with a grandfathered unlimited plan is if they didn't already have the lte speeds 
Right. And and there are there are things that are improved on modern plans, but I don't really use them. Like what? Like even like I only have 150 minutes of local data. Like I would theor- it would theoretically minutes be a benefit to me. Minutes of local data? What? Minutes of local data. Sorry, not data. Local like call minutes. Like I only have 150 daytime minutes oh. that are local. As, I have no Canada-wide calling at right. all. So that would be as this conversation. This conversation is headed straight into the toilet. And speaking of the toilet, <laughs> that brings us to my story, which we can take to, can, to follow, so Nick, follow through and go home. Can I can I wrap up with one more sentence? Like no, because I think you and Mike are just going to keep arguing about cell phones, and it's exhausting. I don't think we were arguing. We were agreeing. <laughs> were you? Were you really? Mike, would you describe that as like a heated agreement that you were just having? <laughs> I'm trying to understand Rob's way of thinking, which if history... It's inscrutable, history just says, don't bother. If history says anything that's less successful than it <laughs> is often hoped for. My, my, one, my one biggest thing that a modern phone plan would have that I don't have is that it has unlimited Canada-wide calling. Okay. And I only have 150 daytime local minutes. Like right. that that's the kind of feature that I would theoretically, again, right. that doesn't really apply to so, me because I just use hang. Like I have been there with this so long that I just use hangouts right. for all my See, calling. But my plan is like a super old, like I think it's called like city zone right. or something. So as long as I'm within my city, I have unlimited calling. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't use it that much, but <laughs> exactly. It's, it's nice to not have to worry about it. <laughs> okay, Nick, what's your story? Desktop is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can find this show and other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. One of the shows that I want to talk about today is called Assumptions. Uh, it's a podcast hosted by uh, Kyle Marshall. And uh, it's a show that the premise is a Christian and an atheist talk about stuff, Uh, specifically talk about the different types of beliefs that they have, the different reasons why they believe the things that they do. And I think it's just an overall kind of respectful and insightful conversation about different types of beliefs that one might have. Uh, You see a lot of this type of discussion happen very informally and often in a heated manner uh, (laughs) online and just around different social media platforms, that kind of stuff. So uh, the premise of having a polite and respectful and educational conversation about these types of things is a very interesting one and uh, definitely something that is uh, of interest to me. I always like having these types of philosophical conversations with the understanding that you're not trying to convince each other of one thing or another or say that one is right and one is wrong just kind of talk about the reasons why you hold certain beliefs and pros and cons in a sense or at least different considerations with those types of belief systems and concessions that you might have to make uh rob i know that we've had lots of conversations that turn into heated discussions (laughs) uh anything from airplanes to math I think we mostly airplanes. Well, mostly yes. airplanes, though. Uh, I don't know, Rob. You have more than enough exposure to these conversations as well. I'm sure. Yeah, the um, I find it very interesting listening to two people that can be reasonable and have a conversation and not just try to talk past each other. So I definitely, I, I will say that, um, I can definitely 
kind of praise these two for for attempting to do that and i don't know i it's such a tricky thing like even thinking about trying to have that kind of conversation I, I mean i guess it's different when you're having a conversation with someone on the internet like on twitter for instance to just get into a flame war but um two people who are friends and just happen to have different views are kind of the best case scenario to have conversations like this because you can be reasonable and not just kind of because you want to still have that friendship at the end of the show so you can't just attack someone's person you have to kind of discuss their ideas and and consider them which is great yeah no and you know the the other host daniel daniel melville jones and and colin marshall they are friends so they they're approaching this from a standpoint of maintaining a positive and and good relationship versus like you said you know online and you're anonymous or just behind a username that kind of thing you don't know the other person i mean like i've even seen on facebook when people have like literally their faces and their names displayed and they'll still get into flame wars it's like would you be having the same conversation if you're face to face yeah and i'd say 99.9 percent of the time it's no but when you can have a conversation like this where you're just talking about your differences and and the reasons why you have the the views that you have and the beliefs that you have uh, i think it can make for a very good and insightful discussion for sure definitely so you can find uh, assumptions on albertapodcastnetwork.com and there's a link to their their main page and their twitter account so you can follow them and keep up to date on their episode release schedule and uh, tell them that we said hi well it sounds like season two is coming very soon they've they wrapped up season one and they have a couple bonus episodes there but season two uh, is coming soon sounds good well, it's been a long, sorry, as Mike said, it's been a long time since we've had a good poop story mm, on Future Chat. And uh, we have another poop story today. The headline reads, tools made of astronaut poop could solve, oh no, my window isn't wide enough. <laughs> Come on, CBC. Come on. It's, in, it's right there in the notes. Tools made of astronaut poop could solve space problems as U of C project flushes competition in Boston. Also, shout out to U of C. And shout out to my writing staff for finding this story. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> A shout out to CBC. Because they're great. And shout out to poop. Let's all just love public broadcasters. Yeah, shout out to Poop for <laughs> making the story possible. Always, always, always being there for us. <laughs> Even we don't want it to be. <laughs> so these researchers at the UFC modified E. coli bacteria to excrete like, uh, I don't know whether it's plastic monomers or actual full-fledged particles of plastic, but they metabolize poop and then excrete the building blocks or, you know, whatever of plastics. And so... This is incredibly useful for space travel because if you have a 3D printer and you have a plastic feedstock, you could just print whatever you might need while you're up there. Hmm. And I mean, because we have it with us at all times, anywhere we live, they will, there will always be poop to use. As long as there are people. But yeah, I, guess that's, I mean, the robots yeah. haven't re- replaced astronauts mm-hmm. fully quite yet. I didn't see anywhere in the article the ratio of poop to plastic that one would need. Like, Oh, I imagine it's a lot of poop to a little bit of plastic, yeah. but I'm also sure that the technology can be improved. 
Fun note, they weren't using actual poop for this experiment, which I think could potentially be viewed as a weakness of it. <laughs> they actually have a recipe for simulated poop. The, which yeah. has caused much consternation and disagreement among the researchers because one researcher thinks it has a pleasing smell to it and the other says that it's a smell that only a mother could love. <laughs> I'm not actually sure mothers like the smell of poop, but... <laughs> What's your own baby? You guys can update. Yeah. It's your own baby, so it's fine. Hmm. You're not a mother, though. That's okay. Fathers can smell poop. Smells like carrots? Yeah. Well, if your baby's eating carrots, then your poop smells like carrots. Hmm. Fascinating. So, uh, yes, you can build, like in this case, they built a screwdriver and a wrench out of poop. But the real test would be would you it wasn't out of poop it was out of the plastic the e coli generated from the poop so it's out of poop um if you get down you make to it, it sound like a poop wrench okay so nick what i'm asking is if i built you a spoon out of this would you eat with it so long as it was properly cleaned what like how would you need it to be cleaned like with hot water do and they soap? have do they have autoclaves in space no at least not ones Are that they use sure? for dishes. Well, no, not for dishes, but like, I'm sure they sterilize something. Okay, so as long as the material that was used to make it was sterilized at some point. Keep, keeping, keeping fully in mind that every little bit of water they drink is recycled urine. Like, yeah. I think you have to have a certain level of comfort with such ideas if you're going to live in space. I suppose, although that's a little different. Also, they never use spoons. <laughs> Everything's in pouches. <laughs> so they have a picture of the wrench that they made. Yes. And it's and definitely an Ikea wrench, so, like yeah. at best. So A, how useful is it? Like what can it actually do? And B, there's no scale. So there's no way to tell how big this wrench actually is. Okay, so it's like the tables have reversed. Because every time you guys talk about like the weirdest cell phone thing and I go, how useful is this actually? And you guys are like, no, because like the US sets the stage for the rest of the world. And so this could change everything. And I'm like, yeah, huh, whatever. And so I'm like, guys, there's this cool basic research project that just happened and they're making tools from poop. And you guys are like, nah, but like, what's the strength of the plastic? Like... This just seems derivative and boorish. And I'm like, no, guys, it's a proof of concept. It could be improved. Yeah. I don't think Mike was saying that. I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what they're trying to tell us is like, like, what are we supposed to be excited about? Just the fact that it can be done or that the thing that they're doing is like, oh, now we don't have to bring wrenches up to space. I mean, A, this is a cool. No one's saying that. A, this is a cool like research project because they beat out a bunch of other competition to win some manner of prize but b with the advent of 3d printing mm -hmm. you can just like i don't know say you have a hole in the hull and you need a cork real quick <laughs> don't that's 3D a terrible print it. example <laughs> yeah that's a t that's an awful example because 3d printers actually take a while <laughs> but i think this is setting the stage for like self-sustained long-term space yeah, travel. Yeah, I agree. Because you'll always have access to poop as long as there are people there and it seems like there will be. Mm -hmm. And like then you don't 
it's not nearly as critical that you are aware of all your needs before you actually leave because you could make things as necessary from poop. Okay. So, Nick, you're telling me that they're packing their bags and saying, hey, should we bring this wrench? No, No, it's if the wrench breaks. We're not going to need a wrench up in space. Let's just leave it here. We'll bring the three. The wrench. We'll bring the three like, printer instead. That's not at all what he's saying. <laughs> that is not at all what I'm saying. Nick, Mike, what if your space wrench breaks? I would argue that you are pooping on my poop story, yeah, Mike. I agree. I, I think it's cool that you can 3D print poop. I, I just. It's not what it is. I Mike, don't see the the utility of it. Mike, if like, what if you need a second wrench at any point in your three year trip to Mars, and you can't just go down to the local hardware store and get another wrench. You need to make one. And this what is a way to make one. What happened to my first wrench? What? Say it broke. Say it Say flew you out had into something space. that broke unexpectedly. It's gone. Forget the wrench. It, it's gone. You don't have a wrench anymore and you're in space. I, this isn't a believable hypothetical situation. What if it broke? What if your wrench broke? I would have brought a second. What if your second wrench broke? This is three years. That's just unrealistic. How many wrenches break? You're not realistic. Mike, How many do wrenches do you have? In fact, I'm incredulous as to your level of incredulity, yeah, Mike. I agree. This is second level incredulity. Have you guys ever had an adjustable wrench? That's like 20 wrenches in one. Just bring that. I'm bringing a second. Mike, 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 I'm telling you this as a friend. Rather than literal, your adjustable wrench is a piece of li- figurative shit, and you should get a proper set of wrenches. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If my wrenches are breaking all the time, then I brought bad wrenches. <laughs> so, Mike. How do you get so excited about space and yet this is just I, like not turning your crank? I don't get excited about space, actually. <laughs> Mike, it sounds like you need a wrench because your crank is very hard to turn right now. <laughs> okay, Mike. You and need to swallow the coffee. The, the most important thing when you're in space is... Like the ability to adapt to emergency situations or things that come up because there's no, you don't have a meaningful supply of extra stuff. Like every pound of payload you bring up is really important. And obviously you need food for the astronauts to be able to eat and to be able to keep themselves alive. But you can't necessarily bring a bunch of wrenches (laughs) just in case, like just. (laughs) You need to just forget the wrenches. I would bring two adjustable wrenches. That's it's it. about anything. It's like, this isn't like, like Nick said, the, the wrench and the screwdriver are proofs of concept. If you have a 3d printer and you have a biological source of material that, you know, you're going to either be freezing the poop or you can try to turn it into 3d, pla- 3d printable plastic. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you try to come up with okay. some way to use that material? So how long does it take for the bacteria to metabolize the poop, turn it into plastic you're nitpicking. Yeah, you're, you're still These are nitpicking. critical details. <laughs> it's not nitpicking. No, but the whole point is... It's a is proof of concept. It's viable. It's a thing that does work. That's what they were trying to prove. I, I appreciate it for the engineering competition project that it was. Just, for, just be proud of your alma mater and just let that be the end of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm plenty proud of my alma mater. <laughs> Mike, I think you're being undeservedly pessimistic about this. And the, the wrenches you've been using are clearly made out of some kind of superhuman <laughs> material. Because tools break. What tools break? Name spe- one tool of yours that has broken. 
I can think of many tools that have broken. Name one. Mike. Name one. My wrench. My wrench broke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not believe you. <laughs> Mike, one of the things that you do as an as astronaut is you do spacewalks. You take a wrench or whatever out into the freezing cold of space with no mm-hmm. air and torque really hard on stuff that is also really cold. Like, Wait, did you say torque or twerk? Both. <laughs> the, the, this is a space twerking. It, you could lose all kinds of stuff while you're space twerking. This is a situation that's conducive to things breaking. You you need backups. Like the whole point of NASA is to need you need backups for everything. <laughs> it's true. You need to back it up when you're space twerking. <laughs> I don't understand why you are not seeing the viability of like the usefulness of having a tool that can print material in space from like, you don't have to bring plastic feedstock up. You're able to use a feedstock you already have there. Let me try and put this a little differently for you, Mike. Mm -hmm. Say I'm out doing oil exploration in a really, really, really remote part of the world. Nick, don't Alberta, don't Alberta explain this to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm actually i think i'm explaining because i'm explaining the concept of remote drilling in alberta to an albertan in drilling works in the drilling industry <laughs> so say i'm out doing oil exploration somewhere and my wide tooth comb breaks that's like awful i don't know if you're familiar with the burden that is this luscious head of curly hair that i have but if i don't have a wide tooth comb this this doesn't happen this looks awful and say i need i need a wide tooth comb if i'm going to be successful because i mean you got to look your best to do your best right so say i need that wide tooth comb what am i going to do do i request an airdrop just for that one wide tooth comb that i need to have my hair look its luscious best or do I 3d print one after an undetermined amount of time using poop? What do you do, Mike? What you've, do you do? You've convinced me, Nick. Thank, thank you for putting it into perspective for me. That really helped. Oh, <laughs> uh. All right, well, I think we can pinch off the rest of this story and move on. (laughs) Someone put in here that they wanted to have an after show about Pokemon Go. Do you guys want to do that? Or I don't feel like there's much to say about Pokemon Go other than just be excited about what's happened in the last couple weeks. I'm loving the weather system. I'm loving Groudon. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not loving Groudon. We could talk about that in a in an after show environment. Okay. Well, let's let's do that now. Mm-hmm. Nick, I think you're the only one that's caught one, so you should probably lead this. Okay, so I got a Groudon. It knows Mudshot and Fire Blast because I don't want to chase Earthquake yet. But Mike, I'm curious as to what you have to say about this. I'm not really all that sold on legendaries so i'd almost rather use my ride on as a ground attacker for the stab ground moves 
because I, I, I put so much effort into getting those and I like them. Mm-hmm. And Groudon, like, Groudon's super cool, but I mean, it's also like people using Solar Beam Ho-Oh or Solar Beam Groudon for things. It's like, just, just use Exeggutor. He gets stab. Like, it's going to generate more damage. Maybe. And yeah, um, <laughs> I think, I think Exeggutor's Solar Beam is secure as the lead grass or the lead Solar Beam in the game, I think. He still outperforms Ho-Oh, but I'm not sure about Groudon details. I think the difference is when you have the legendaries with the off-type moves, a lot of the time their stats, their superior stats offset the lack of stab, and then their total damage output is still better than the alternatives that do get stab, because often grass attackers especially, they're not typically very tanky. Uh how dare you, Sprouts? Sprouts is a regular dreadnought. The, the, the other aspect is that they get the favorable defensive resistances in a lot of those matchups as well. So... Yeah. So, like, going on what you're saying about legendaries, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I powered up a Raikou and a Zapdos because, of course. and Because you are Lieutenant Surge. Yeah, exactly. Uh... But after that, like, I'm catching these other legendaries. I'm like, if I powered all these other ones up, I could basically put together a top six that would be usable in any sort of situation. But I don't like that because I like having to strategically pick my attackers and, you know, find the favorable matchups with the ones that I've invested time and whatever into. Not just this legendary is the best, like Groudon, right? Like, I have a handful of Rhydons that I've used against Entei. Um, I haven't really used them for much. I guess Raikou as well. And yeah. uh, but if I just use a bunch of like freshly caught Groudons instead, every time I encountered like an electric or a fire attacker, that's to me that's boring. Like that's I don't know. I and this is only the start. Like the legendaries are going to continue all the way in, through Gen three with like the rest of the the dragon and and fairy legendaries and whatnot, and all the rest through the other gens. And like you're just going to lose any sort of diversity at all like everyone's just going to be using the same legendaries and everything yeah yeah it's it's not so much my worry that like of where the game is going but i think another argument here is the diminishing returns like i powered up zapdos because we are all on the very best the underdog team instinct and that's my motto or that's not my motto. That's my. You know what? Just still haven't had enough coffee. But Zappy Bird, I powered up because as much as I like using Jolteon, that thing is glassy. And so when I've got a Gyarados, it's it's nice to have the option of using Zapdos. But it took so many rare candy, mm-hmm. and it like I started walking my Ho Oh. When I got it, because I thought, you know, maybe, maybe it'd actually do some Machamp soloing with this thing, but it's a 20 kilometer candy. And that's such a slow power up process. Like in the time it takes me to get one candy for Ho-Oh, I could get 
four candies and possibly a power up for my highest level Tyranitar. Yep. Well, you're also better off doing soloable raids and just getting rare candy that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like in 20 kilometers, you could do that in maybe like four days, three days if you hustle, two days if you really hustle. Uh, whereas you can just do one, any raid and get a couple candy, right? So I think while also walking something that you'd otherwise get candy for faster, right? So I think you're, there's a lot of lost opportunity, high opportunity cost, I guess, of walking a legendary. Like, I don't think, I think the 20 kilometers is like, you're not supposed to walk this thing. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that's like as high as they'd go before just saying you can't walk it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. At the same time though, like, I mean, with the advent of rare candies, I have started using rare candy just because I don't have the inventory space. So I have started using rare candy to power things up that I want powered up. Mm. So I think I was getting close to 200. So I used about, I don't know, whatever, so that I had 100 rare candies again. And now I'm up to 177 and I'm seriously thinking about maxing out some things. Also, I maxed out my now waterfall hydro pump Gyarados and oh man that thing was a champ against Groudon <laughs> it was beautiful but uh, what was I talking about? Rare candy yeah yeah so I mean it's just it's so resource intensive to power up the legendaries whereas yep. you could get the same strategic well not exactly the same, but you could get similar strategic benefit from just powering up pseudo legendaries or the regular Pokemon Pokemon that are still good. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. That said, I will say that an argument I support for legendaries is one made on Reddit with ample salt. It had examples of a few, like four good Rhydons. And they said, you know, this, these Rhydons represent all of my playing since the game started. Mm-hmm. Like to get these high IV Rhydons and evolve them and power them up. Whereas he has four Groudons just from like an hour of playing somewhere. Yeah. And he said, is this actually good? But I mean, that means if a player were to start today and catch those Groudon, like they're not completely shut out of the game. They they can actually be competitively viable. Can I ask an Ash question? Please do. If you're at level five, do you raid a level five Pokemon or do you raid a level twenty? You get a twenty. Like okay. when you catch it, it's level twenty. So it's different than eggs because eggs, you yeah. only get your level. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Huh. And further, um, with weather boosted yeah. Pokemon, a sub level 30 player can get a level 35 Pokemon. Wait. Wait. Say that again? A sub level 30. No, because only five levels above your max. That's what I thought it was. Is it? I think so. Okay. It's only yeah. five levels. I might up. be wrong, but like there are there were examples of sub level thirty five players getting level thirty five okay. Pokemon. My my understanding was that it rolled for your normal spawn and then added five to that. 
Okay, I could be wrong. Yeah, I think that's that's what I've seen and heard too. But again, that I'm only sense, yeah. coming from the max perspective. So, but like the weather, the weather boost stuff does allow for you to get more competitive, competitively viable Pokemon mm-hmm. without having had ground for a year. Yeah. The the one thing that I will say, I I saw that right on comparison, and all you would need now is a day with either sunny or partly cloudy weather, and you could still catch several high-powered um, Rhyhorns and just evolve mm-hmm. them. Like, it wouldn't be that hard to do. I've been doing that with my champs since weather came out. Like, now I have seven high CP Machamps, like, over I actually 30. need to do that more and actually get them to have, you know, double fighting moves. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do, do all those Tyranitars, Mike. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm fully expecting it. But yeah. I, I hope that... <laughs> I hope that this new effort to have lower level players have access or just more casual players even have mm-hmm. access to the higher powered, stronger Pokemon is either a change to the gym system, which either modifies or eliminates the CP decay so that gyms are actually somewhat of a, I don't even say challenge, but at least not just walk up and spend three minutes running through it one or two times Mm -hmm. um so that because that was the whole thing is that the towers that were around before the rework that it was just inaccessible for casual players to to participate in which i totally understand and and i think the change on that end is good but i think they went a bit too far the other way as far as making them just non-competitive altogether but if they can have it so that you have you know the limit of six pokemon the you know rule of having unique pokemon so you can't duplicate but just have no cp decay then the casual players who are catching these weather boosted and and rated pokemon are still able to participate effectively in that system Hmm. because if someone has like you know a a level 20 a handful of level 20 legendaries and and raid bosses they should be able to to take down a gym right Mm -hmm. so um I, I'm I'm hoping that that's that's the case. Same with like PvP, right? If if the more casual players have a handful of of stronger Pokemon that they can part play with with other players, and that's hopefully what they're kind of gearing up for for making all these these stronger Pokemon accessible to more people. Yeah, I can see that. Although I I also I agree with you, Mike. Although I do the one thing about the new gym system that I like is the limit on. Uh, species duplication. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that that was a yeah. good change. Because I remember, I remember the level ten Blissey Towers yeah. that just, yeah, like Kaya and I would both go and we'd get to like the sixth Blissey and be just done. Yeah. yeah, it took forever. It is interesting because I'm in a very different position than I was under the old gym system. Like I've now progressed in the game a lot further. So now, even if, if if I have like 15 minutes to spare and I'm sitting there somewhere near a gym. Speaking of casual players. <laughs> I, yeah. I can go and I can take down a level 40 Blissey, even if it's at full, like it hasn't decayed. Mm-hmm. I can go and take it down easily. Whereas before, if, there, if it was above 3000 CP, I would have a real difficult time taking yeah. it down. The, like with the 99 second limit. The moveset shuffle also helped with that because they boosted a lot of the fighting type moves and also made fighting type stronger whereas like before the best counters to like a high powered blissey would be like 
I don't even know. Gyarados. Yeah, or yeah. Dragonite or something, right? Right. Whereas now, well, like... Well, if she had Dazzling yeah, Gleam, though. But, well, I mean, fighting types is the same from that. But yeah, yeah. before, like, it is a lot more level yeah. to, to take down these. Same with, like, Snorlax. Snorlax used to yeah, be, Snorlax like, a pain yeah. to take down. But mm-hmm. now, like, a lot of the Pokemon have gotten a lot stronger. So yeah. it's easier to take them down. I don't know what uh, Lapras's weaknesses are, but that's another example where if I had a tower that was like that had a bunch of Blissey and uh, Snorlax and Lapras, like they were the, yeah. always, I was just like, oh my gosh, how do I cover all these? Whereas yeah. now it's not an issue, even if they are fully powered. Yeah. That w- and the moveset shuffle assisted in taking down Lapras too, because, well, that was more the stat shuffle, yeah. which yeah, made yeah, electric attackers, attackers actually viable, mm-hmm. but also the moveset shuffle because ice is weak to fighting. Right. Yeah. So Machamp just, Machamp is the champ. <laughs> cool. And now Hariyama as well. Yes. Yeah. This is actually fun because I actually knew of Hariyama from Pokemon Moon because Okay. <laughs> Hariyama would repeatedly cause me troubles. <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. So like, I really I guess, like the weather stuff. I just need yeah, to say that. Yeah, the weather was was a nice variation. It's, it feels like there's you don't almost almost don't need to go to nests. Yeah, anymore yeah. like the nests kind yeah. of come to you in a sense yeah. mm-hmm. uh it'd be and i it'd be nice if they changed sorry. the types of common spawns though like there's way too many skitty <laughs> yeah. that are spawning i think that depends on where you are though it does it's like i don't see that many skitty mm. and also when whenever normal types are boosted i love having so many evs around because yeah, so i always many. need those ev candy <laughs> um yeah, no, I'm loving the weather. the The one thing I have seen criticism of is like, oh, there are too many Vulpix, and it's like, man, each of those Vulpix is 129 start or 125 Stardust. Yeah. Just take the Stardust, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is all about. Yeah, exactly. There's no point in caring about anything yeah, else. Like, there's too many Rattata. Well, yeah, of course there are. I I just wasted like sixty thousand Stardust taking Gyarados from like level 30 what 35 to 39 crazy Nick when you mentioned that when you said I maxed out my Gyarados I was like uh you actually still need 30 more candy to max it out (laughs) once you hit level 38 details yeah I've I've actually fully maxed out to level 42 Pokemon now and once you get to that point it's extremely expensive is it level 42 or level 40? 40 level 40 as well Sorry. 40 yes. comma two oh, okay <laughs> gotcha which ones have you maxed out jolteon and machamp nice that's it very short list because <laughs> it does take to go from 39 to 40 it takes 30 candy and like twenty thousand stardust i'm so ready to have sprouts be level 40 yeah be all that he can be yeah me too except not because he doesn't have the, yeah, doesn't have the power he does in the main series games, but like, whatever. Yeah. I'm still holding. I don't miss Leech Seed at all or Giga Drain. <laughs> still holding it's out fine. for the uh, starter Pokemon advantage. <laughs> What's that? I'm still holding out for the starter Pokemon advantage for those who oh, have me too. persevered. And they committed. didn't track it. It's not going to happen. How? What do you mean they didn't track it? 
I guarantee they you know, they don't know. Sure they do. They know which Pokemon you caught first, I'm sure. I mean, I guess they could reverse engineer it, but they don't they haven't been keeping track of that. They haven't been keeping track. They may be able to find out. But they they'd have no way of keeping track of it. Like they're not they're not this is not a long game where eventually they're gonna like they've been saving this up and they're gonna eventually make it important. You shut your filthy <laughs> mouth, Rob. <laughs> I I hate to break it to you, but it's just it's just true. Sprouts and the six hundred kilometers and like seven TMs he got. <laughs> it's all been worth it. All worth it. If you say so. <laughs> oh yeah. He wrecks Blissey. <laughs> He's not vulnerable to daz- dazzling gleam. It's beautiful. <laughs>